Welcome to the Coffee with Kara podcast. I am so excited for today's coffee chat and I feel so honored that you're here taking time out of your day to join me on this imaginary coffee date. So without any further ado, grab your favorite drink, maybe a snack, sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Did you know that there's more than one fertility awareness method out there? There's more than one way that you can chart your cycle? I know, crazy, right? When I first found out about natural family planning, I thought there was just one method. Now, granted, when I first found out about it, I was about 14, so I wasn't thinking too hard about it. But even when I started Googling it and Pinteresting it when I was in college, I didn't realize that there was more than one method at first until I started seeing words like Creighton or simple thermal method. And I was like, what in the world do all these words mean? What are these different methods? And so today I want to talk about the different methods that exist and break them down into broad categories. That way you will know which method would work best for you in your unique life. So let's go ahead and get started. So what are these broad categories? The first is mucus only. Then you have mucus and basal body temperature, hormone testing only, mucus and LH testing, and temperature and algorithm-based methods. So let's kind of break down what those mean. So mucus only means that you're only observing cervical mucus. So cervical mucus is something that your cervix produces around the time of ovulation and sperm lives in fertile cervical mucus about five days or so. So the premise of mucus-only methods is once you start seeing that fertile cervical mucus, you know that your fertile window has opened. Now, a huge pro of a mucus-only method is that you're only observing cervical mucus. This makes traveling really easy because you don't have to take a thermometer or hormone tests with you. And trust me when I say taking a hormone test in a hotel room can be kind of awkward throwing away that trash. So mucus only method, that is a huge pro. You don't have to worry about remembering to pack it in your suitcase for one and you don't have to worry about dealing with it at a hotel. And like, what if you want to go camping? How are you going to deal with those things then? You know, there's just a lot of things like that to think about. So mucus only methods simplify things a lot. You only have to check your cervical mucus, which really people can do this without even having toilet paper. There are ways around that. So it's really simple. And well, when I say simple, it's simple in that there's not a lot going on. Like the methods themselves are kind of complicated because you have to check the different types of cervical mucus. You have to look at how far it stretches. You have to look at the consistency. Like, is it clear? Is it cloudy? You have to look at um, different aspects like that. And you have to learn different like symbols for the different types of mucus. You have to learn like um, abbreviations for different measurements and things. And so there is a lot going on with the method. So I don't want you to misunderstand me and think that it's like, oh, mucus only is super easy. Not necessarily at first, but once you catch on to the abbreviations and the symbols and the stickers that you use, it'll get easier and it's easier to take on the go if traveling is a concern for you. Um, So Another huge pro of mucus-only methods is that it can be used throughout the stages of your reproductive 
life. Meaning that it can be used when you're single, when you're married, when you're postpartum, premenopause. You can use it for your whole life and you won't have to ever learn a different method once you know your mucus only method. A con to this though is that you don't have a cross check to confirm the closing of your fertile window. So what I mean by that is with this mucus and temperature method or mucus and hormone testing method, you have two biomarkers that you're looking at to close the fertile window. So for instance, with mucus and temperature, you have to wait till both of the rules for closing that fertile window line up for both biomarkers. And so that could give you like extra safe days afterwards just to be on the safe side. So if you're using fertility awareness methods to avoid pregnancy, that's just something to keep in mind. Some people love the fact that that's the only sign that you're looking at is mucus and you don't have to be real temperature. But for other people, they might want to have that additional biomarker to look at just so that they can be extra conservative which what with what days they are using. So there are two main methods of mucus only methods that I know of and those are one Billings and two Creighton. So Billings is really known for using walking sensation. So earlier when I was saying that there are like some methods that don't even require toilet paper, this is that. So Billings is great. It is very simplified. It like is um, very much into having like the person developing their own language about how to chart their mucus. Like you yourself would be coming up with your descriptors for what you are seeing with your mucus and you are creating your own personalized yet standardized way of charting those things, which I think is really cool because like sometimes it can be tricky for people to be like, okay, well, what is stretchy? What is clear? What's cloudy? But if you're developing your own language for your own body, that can make things like really personalized and really cool for you. Billings came first in like the history of uh, fertility awareness methods. It was one of the first ones that looked at mucus. Creighton came after Billings and the Creighton method standardized it. So instead of having the descriptors being personalized for you, Creighton has like stand like they have words that they want everybody to use. They, they have symbols they want everybody to use and you have to learn their words to describe what you are seeing. But a big pro in that is that Creighton works really closely with NAPRO doctors. And so if you're concerned about endometriosis or PCOS or any other type of issue, or if you're trying to get pregnant and you're struggling, like you could work with a NAPRO doctor who works with the Creighton method and learn how to chart, take those charts to your NAPRO doctor, and they can help you get to the root cause of what's causing those issues through your charts. And because it's so standardized, their doctors are trained to look at your charts and just know like based upon your symbols and your stickers and all the things like how to interpret your charts. So that's a big pro with the standardization of it. My friend Anna Faith has a testimony about using the Creighton method and working with a NAPRO doctor for her endometriosis, and I interviewed her a few podcast episodes back, so you can go back and listen to her story if you would like to learn more about Creighton and NAPRO technology and how those work together. 
All right, so now let's talk about combining cervical mucus and basal body temperature. Whenever you do that and you use mucus and temperature, this is called the symptothermal method, and it can be abbreviated STM. So the symptothermal method involves charting two signs. That would be, of course, your cervical mucus and your basal body temperature. So this method would require that you have a basal body thermometer, and so those are more precise than just your average thermometer because they measure to the hundredth place. So you'll have four digits in your reading. And so they're more pre more precise and more accurate than just your average thermometer. So some things to take into account with this type of method is that you have to take your temperature at the same time every single morning after having three to five hours of sleep, and that amount could change based upon the method that you're using. So this could not be good, possibly, if you are breastfeeding and having to get up a lot in the middle of the night, if you just get up in the middle of the night to go to the bathroom, like me, um, or if you have like weird sleep schedules based like due to your job, this might not be good for you too. But some people love this and love having the two biomarkers, the cervical mucus and the temperature to track their cycles and to know what's going on hormonally. Let's talk about some of the science behind the symptothermal method. So, so let's start with cervical mucus. Cervical mucus is produced in the cervix by rising estrogen levels. And once estrogen levels reach their peak, it sends a signal to your brain that it's time to release LH. LH then triggers ovulation and it turns this thing called a follicle, which is what the egg was living in, it turns the follicle into the corpus luteum. After that corpus luteum has been formed, that is what starts to produce progesterone, and progesterone is what causes the rise in your temperature in the morning. So cervical mucus happens prior to ovulation and during ovulation, and then your temperature rise happens after ovulation. So tracking these two things can give you insights into your estrogen levels through cervical mucus and your progesterone levels through your basal body temperature. So um, you're taking your temperature every day can give you some good insights into your health. I'm about to read or rather summarize um, page 197 from the book Taking Charge of Your Fertility. So your waking temperature or basal body temperature can let you know if you are ovulating at all. It lets you know how long your luteal phase is and if it's sufficient for implantation. It lets you know if your progesterone levels are high enough in your luteal phase. Um, it lets you know if you are still fertile, if you still have low temperatures and your temperature hasn't risen yet. It can even let you know if you've gotten pregnant. So if you have more than 18 high temperatures in your cycle, that can indicate that you're pregnant and you should take a pregnancy test. Um, so those are just some ways that taking your temperature can be beneficial for you and for your fertility. Um, cervical mucus has many other advantages too, mainly if you're trying to get pregnant, sperm can't live without fertile cervical mucus. So you want to make sure you have sufficient cervical mucus so that you can get pregnant. But even if you're not trying to get pregnant right now, it's still, it's good. It's still good to track because it lets you know if everything's happening hormonally well, and you don't want your hormones to be all out of whack. All right, so let's talk about different types of symptothermal methods. There is Sensiplan and Symptopro, which you can learn with an instructor, 
Or if you would like to self-teach, you can read the book Taking Charge of Your Fertility by Tony Weschler. I think that's how you say her last name. But I do want to point out that if you want to self-teach with this book, it is highly recommended that you go three, at least three whole cycles with abstinence so that way you can learn your biomarkers and learn your cycles really well before you add intercourse in there. And even then, there are some additional rules with that for when you need to abstain in your cycle. So either I recommend learning from taking charge of your fertility before you start being sexually active, like before you get married, or, you know, learn with an instructor because that will minimize the amount of time that you have to be abstinent for like a whole cycle. A con with the simple thermal method is that you have to take your temperature at the same time every morning after having a period of uninterrupted sleep. If your schedule is consistent, then that may not be an issue for you. However, if you have to get up in the middle of the night or wake up at differing times each day, that can affect your temperature reading. There is a solution to this problem, and that is the temp drop thermometer. A temp drop is a wearable thermometer that tracks your temperature while you sleep. This is great if you have to wake up in the middle of the night to go to the bathroom or to nurse the baby. It's also great if you have a changing sleep schedule due to school or your job, or if you simply like to sleep in on the weekends like me. If you're interested in trying a temp drop, you can use my affiliate link in the show notes to get 10% off the confidence or freedom packages. You might also check with your insurance to see if they'll cover it. All right, let's get back to the episode. Our next type of method is hormone testing only. So hormone testing only methods involve peeing in a cup to check your hormone levels and you use test strips that track your LH levels and your estrogen levels. So these methods require those test strips and they require you to use a clear blue fertility monitor that you will have to buy. Um, it will also require you to constantly have test strips on hand, which is a reoccurring continuous cost. However, using a hormone testing only method could be good for postpartum, especially if you struggle with distinguishing between your cervical mucus types or if you have continuous mucus throughout your cycles in general. This can be a great way to just have a standardized pee on the stick have the monitor read it and know if you're fertile or not um, without much thought on your behalf. The methods that use hormone testing only are Marquette and Boston cross check. The next category is cervical mucus and LH testing. This is also called the central hormonal method and currently the only type of central hormonal method that exists is FEM, which is what I currently use and what I'm getting certified to teach. So FEM uses cervical mucus observations primarily and LH testing as well. LH testing strips are less expensive than the clear blue fertility monitor strips. And I was able to get a pack of 100 off Amazon for maybe $10. And it's lasted me since July and I haven't had to buy another pack yet. So you will use the same rules, uh, the same family planning rules for every reproductive stage being like, pre-pregnancy, postpartum, 
um, premenopause, like you'll use the same rules throughout your life. Um, and some instructors teach optional temperature rules. Um, so for instance, I still track my temperature using the temp drop thermometer. Um, and I use the rules from taking charge of your fertility. And if you were to work with me and you're interested in learning temperature rules, I can work with you and helping you learn the taking charge of your fertility temperature rules alongside with the FEM, mucus, and LH testing rules. Um, and there is a medical management component of FEM where you can be referred by instructors to medical professionals to help get yourself diagnosed if it looks like you have a hormonal issue. Um, but I will say that the medical management um, may not be in your state or may not be in your country. I have seen a need for more medical management people um, as I've been getting certified for FEM, and that is probably a one way that FEM is lacking compared to Creighton that works with NAPRO doctors. I feel like they have more NAPRO doctors throughout the country and throughout the world even. Um, so that's just something to keep in mind if you are concerned about your health. However, I think FEM is a great method. Um, it's pretty easy to learn. Um, and again, though, I might be biased because this is the method that I currently use and what I'm getting certified to teach. All right, moving on. Our last category is basal body temperature and algorithm-based methods. And so these methods require either a device or an app that you will use alongside with taking your temperature every morning and the app or device will tell you if you are fertile or not for that day. So with this method, unlike the other ones that I've talked about so far, you don't interpret your data. You don't decide, um, am I fertile, am I not, based upon your cervical mucus or your basal body temperature or your hormone tests. The app or device does that for you. Um, you don't have any cross-checks cross to alert you of early ovulation, and these methods are based upon your past cycle data, which could cause some discrepancies and co could cause you to have like a day that they say is not fertile when it actually is fertile. So the main methods that involve tracking your temperature and that use an algorithm are the DAISY or the Lady Comp, which is kind of the same company, I believe, um, and Natural Cycles, which is an app that you can get and it has been FDA certified for contraception. Um, However, I personally do not recommend using the DAISY or the Lady Comp or using the Natural Cycles app because the only way that it opens your fertile with window is through its algorithm, which is based on past cycle data. So it's pretty much just a fancy rhythm or calendar method. Um, it does close your fertile window accurately based upon your temperatures, but just having low temperatures doesn't necessarily open your fertile window. Um, and your cycles vary in length from cycle to cycle. Like you won't always have 28-day cycles or you won't always have 30-day cycles. Like one cycle might be 26 days and the next cycle could be 32 days. And so if you consistently have like cycle lengths that are say 26 or 27 days long and then suddenly you have a longer cycle it wouldn't know that you're having a longer cycle in real-time data um i have just heard stories from people that 
the apps have given them like a green day, meaning that they're not fertile when they knew that they were fertile due to having fertile cervical mucus present. And so because of that, I have been very hesitant with these in the past. Maybe someday I will try natural cycles and see if it would work for me or if I can like say, oh, on this day I had a green day when I'm fertile or whatever, you know. I haven't done that yet though. So this is just like antidotal evidence from stories I've heard on the internet. There are also plenty of stories on the internet of people who love natural cycles or love their daisy thermometer. I just wanted to give you a heads up that that's how it works. That way, if you decide to use one of these apps or devices, you will know that information going into it that it might not be as accurate as it may seem because temperature cannot be used to predict ovulation. It can only confirm it. So now that we've talked about all these different types of fertility awareness methods, that raises the question, which method is the best? And the answer to that question is, drum roll please, whichever method works best for you. I know, I know, there's not one straight right answer, but the good news is because there are so many different types of methods out there, there will be one that it works for you. So maybe you like that mucus-only methods only involve tracking one sign and that it makes traveling really easy and that you don't have to wake up at the same time every day or have to buy hormone testing strips. That could be a really good method for you. Or maybe you want to have two biomarkers that you're tracking that way you can have additional data to close that fertile window. So maybe you look into simple thermal methods or the simple hormonal method with them. Um, either one of those could be great for you if you want to have extra signs to track. Or maybe you don't want to have to interpret your cervical mucus types and distinguish between the different kinds of cervical mucus. And you just want to take a hormone test every day and use the clear blue monitor to help interpret that according to either Boston Crosscheck or the Marquette method rules. Look into those methods if you want a simpler, don't have to really critically think about it method. Or maybe, you know, Maybe you do want to use natural cycles. Maybe you do want to get the daisy and just have the simplicity of the app or the device telling you if you're fertile or not that day. Knowing the risks, as I said, knowing that it could get it wrong because temperature cannot predict ovulation, but maybe you're fine with those risks. And maybe if you do get pregnant from natural cycles or daisy, that's fine with you. It just depends on you and your life stage and you and your husband's family planning goals. So, With all of that said, what should you do next? My next recommendation for you is to take whichever one of these methods that sounds the best for you right now and Google it. Find instructors that teach that method. You can do that through Google, like I just said. You can search the hashtags on Instagram. For instance, hashtag Creighton, hashtag Fem, or even just searching hashtag NFP instructors. Um, You can find instructors that way and learn more about their methods by following those instructors on Instagram. Or you could head to the Read Your Body website. They have a directory of instructors and you can search for instructors um, for each type of method and find people and then go to their websites and read more about what they teach and then learn more about the methods that way. Some instructors have like discovery calls where you can talk to the instructor before you pay for the method um, so you can learn more about it that way. So that would be what I encourage you to do next after 
finishing listening to this podcast. And I'll leave a link in the show notes to that directory that I just talked about um, that we can go search for an instructor that way too. All right, my friend, it has come to that time in our coffee date where it is time for me to say goodbye. So goodbye, my friend. If you would like to stay in touch in between now and our next episode, um, I invite you to follow me on Instagram. You can find me at Kara Downscore Beth 17. There will be a link in the show notes below. And if you enjoyed today's episode, please leave a five-star review. All right. I will talk to you again next week. Love ya. Bye.